five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're fighting for RFM today. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. But first, a few other fun things. Let's get over to the fun stuff. Okay. Uh, and here we go. This is from Hearts, which is famous for dog collars, but this is a little bit of different angle. I love bees. Daisy loves her bee suit, but it can't protect her from fleas and ticks. That's why we use Hearts Nature Shield. It's made with natural ingredients. It keeps us both safe. Outdoors! And in. With the maximum botanical protection of Hearts Nature Shield, it's totally natural to be this close. Okay, this is their unconditional love theme. And... Uh, <laughs> And they've got a series of commercials. Some of them were a little peculiar, I thought. <laughs> and uh, this one I liked because I like bees. And I was out at the bee yard on Tuesday night learning about bee inspection from the state bee hive inspection guy and the club that I belong to. And uh, it was a lot of fun. So I thought I'd start out with some pets. Let's get over to the, um, let's get over to the article about it. And we'll find out. And I gotta juggle these things around, you know, as as you know, right? Here we go. Uh, Pet Care Leader Hearts and Agency of Record Cutwater protect furry friends from outdoor pests. So um, they're doing a campaign of digital, social display, and search channels, and also retailers. Uh, Amazon, Chewy, and Walmart. Lizzie Ryan says our target was millennial and Gen Z customers, so not our consumers, not me. <laughs> and uh, they want to further position hearts, flick and flea and tick, flick and tea, tea and <laughs> flea and tick pro portfolio as premium innovators. And so they now they have a soft uh, collar, especially for cats. Because um, you think about dogs getting fleas, but you don't usually think about cats getting fleas. And, um, you know, they put the soft collar. It's, 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 you know, go check it out. If you click on the link above, you'll, you'll get to all of the other commercials. I watched them all. Um, but uh, there's also an opportunity for growth in the uh, natural pet care space, um, which is what that which is what that all-natural tick spray or, uh, is about. And uh, there's a lot of work being done in beekeeping, trying to kill the varroa mites uh, that invaded from Asia and not kill the bees. You know, always tricky because they're both insects, um, but they're working on it. So the chief marketing officer at Hearts is Tina LaHaye, and the senior director is Stacy Kilsa, and the Creative uh, Chief Officer is Chuck McBride at the agency. Um, this I thought was especially interesting by Ryan Barwick. Why is contextual advertising on the rise? It's one of many post-cookie solutions for marketers, okay? And, uh, you know, that's the way we used to buy ads. We used to, you know, if you were selling machine tools, you'd, you'd, you'd put it in machine tool monthly or something like that, right? And um, there were all kinds of magazines in those days before the Internet and everything was free. 
Um, there were all kinds of magazines you could get into. Some were paid circulation, and some were um, and some were controlled circulation. They were called. And not only would you put an ad in, but you might put they might have a bingo card, so each ad would have a number, and there would be a postcard with all kinds of numbers, and you just circle the numbers that you were interested in, and you could in one easy step put it in the mail and get more information from the manufacturers. It was a kind of a nice system back in the 70s, right? And um, and so that's contextual advertising. And um, it's, uh, according to Emily Ken Kennedy, Senior Vice President of Digital Programmatic Partnerships at Dentsu, said clients are increasing their contextual investments anywhere from 25 to 50%. Why? Because uh, the internet may become a data desert, which I think is ironic. I mean, there's always something you can scrape off of it, but is it valuable? You know, deserts are full of stuff like sand, but is it valuable? Um, whether because of loss of third-party cookies, other identifiers, or privacy regulation, um, or the rise of retail media networks um, and other channels relying on first-party data collection, contextual advertising could become one of the few tools left. Buying an ad based on context of placement rather than targeting an individual based on past viewing or purchasing behaviors. This is kind of ad buying usually done with little or no user data. And so there's no problem in uh, privacy or any of the other stuff. So think of a mayonnaise brand advertising on the Food Network cooking show. I think it does, it does help, it does help publishers to have a connection with advertisers, right? It keeps them on the up and up. And it also, um, it also, there, you know, there is a, there is a connection there, right? We're interested in food, uh, and and it keeps advertising sort of on the rails. I mean, uh, you know, between the rails or between <laughs> the guardrails, um, because you know, you sports, you got a sporting goods brand, you put it in Sports Illustrated or other sporting, uh, menu, uh, other sporting ads. Now, I did want to mention that one of the big breakthroughs for Sports Illustrated subscription ads, you know, trying to sell people on subscribing to Sports Illustrated, they accidentally, they had been running on, you know, on uh, sporting events, putting the commercial up there, and um, they accidentally bought some time on Saturday morning cartoons, and and that seemed to work better than the sporting events. Why? Because dad got up early, you know, because he's used to it, and uh and watches cartoons with the kids. He's not that interested in, in the cartoons, but he likes, you know, spending Saturday with the kids because he doesn't get to see them as much as he might like. And all of a sudden, a Sports Illustrated ad comes on, and he thinks, yeah, I've been meaning to do that. He has no problem getting up from the TV and going over and subscribing to Sports Illustrated, doing whatever it takes. Uh, whereas if he's in the middle of the Super Bowl or a, a World Series game, he doesn't really want to leave because it might take more than a minute or two. Um, you know, he doesn't know how long it'll take. And so he sits in front of it and thinks, yeah, I should do that, but not right now because this game is too engaging. And so sometimes, I mean, you need to test, you need to test often, especially if you're in context areas. 
need to test often. You know, when we were starting a computer supplies catalog, we rented lists that were targeted right at computers. And we tested a few lists that were just business, like Inc. Magazine. And neither of them worked very well. The, the hardcore computer nor the, the not really computer focused at all. But what worked was the in-between, uh, the sort of the business operations or something like that. You know, I don't remember these exact titles anymore. But it was, it was something that, that, that touched on computers now and then, but we, were, we weren't competing against every other, every other um, computer supplies catalog. When we started the project, there were three big computer supplies catalogs. This was before office supplies companies sold computer supplies. And um, by the time we finished, in like the three months that we worked on the project, it, it went from three competitors to 60. Everybody decided to get into computer supplies. And so uh, the obvious lists were just inundated. Okay, so it's an old form of advertising that's finding a second life. Uh, advertisers can still reach an intended target without any of their personal data or creepily following them around the Internet, says Haley Denenberg, VP of Strategy at company GumGum. I don't know what that does. It's an ad tech company, GumGum. And uh, companies that specialize in contextual advertising tend to use web crawlers. I thought this was interesting to an AI to scan websites looking for things like keywords, sentiment, and ad load, that would be competitive stuff, to get more nuanced look at the context of the page, okay? Uh, it gives them a contextual aboutness of the website, explained Mario Diaz, CEO of Contextual Data Company. Um, and, you know, if you get a little more nuanced, Sports Illustrated might have an article about vegan athletes, which could open up less obvious opportunities for supplements, nutrition, or vegan brands. Right, right. Makes sense? Sure. And oftentimes, if you're a regular advertiser, you will get the editorial content ahead of time so that you can see if there's anything coming along. And for that reason... Um, it says it's not without its drawbacks. Publishers stand to benefit because they're in the best position to help understand uh, advertisers understand the context of a story. In other words, they could alert brands that were, were especially if they have a track record of advertising on vegan articles, that such an idea is coming. But publishers are concerned that if they just go out and scrape the, their site, gleaning, I thought that was a funny word, gleaning data from their site, or more like stealing it, um, that they may be infringing on their intellectual property. It's hard to say. You know, it's hard to say. Depends on what they're looking for, I guess. Um, instead of, oh, and then there's a way to label your ads. Vogue could label an article as skincare. Instead of double verify saying there's, here's what the context is about, it's the publisher saying, Here's what the context is about. There's always these new ideas uh, that come and go. But the problem with that is, of course, a, a, a publisher could say it's about 100 things. That's what happened when we self-reported our, what our website was about. You know, and, uh, and then they would crawl this, the website and find key words in articles, and we would repeat them in the metadata. And then Google came up with the idea of let's – Let's see how many 
other people link to this site and see if it's actually a real site. And that made more sense, I have to say. So maybe we need something like that. Um, Paul, Ver, Paul, Paul Verna said, contextual advertising is a lot like the vinyl. Uh, it's coming back a little bit. It was popular. Well, it was the only it was the only thing for a while. And um, now it's back, but it's still not the only way to listen to music. Um, it may be one of the best solutions for privacy compliance, but it's not a very robust solution. OK, and again, depends on what you're doing. Depends on testing. Um, one of the ad guys I featured a couple of months ago said the, the better your advertising, the more general you should make the target. Um, I really like this image. It was a cookie turning to dust. In, uh, it was at the top of the article, but it, when I simplified the article so you could read it, uh, it, it turned to dust like, like uh, Thanos. <laughs> okay, so here, customer segmentation using RFM. And there's a great chart at the top of the ad. I tried to um, clarify it, clear it up a little bit, but I don't think I did very well. Um, but this gave me an idea of the of the uh, Prasad Nehi. I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but I'll give that a shot. And um, at, Dana, at, at Data and Analytics BI Solutions or something like that, Business Analytics, it looks like. Um, and what I could tell from it was that there were there were the majority of customers in a champions well not the majority a big the biggest segment was in this champions category and this but this i'm guessing is the rest of the customers in different categories they combined recency and frequency which is not a bad thing to do we tend to keep them discreet for for some important reasons but what i could tell was that they had a lot of um they had grouped basically their they had probably done quintile scoring of their monetary and frequency because i see that the fives in both monetary and frequency have almost all of the uh have almost all of the profits and sales and profits over here here's profits down here i know for sure and this is the champions and you can see the champions has it all and then it just spreads out into nothing in the rest of them and the problem with that, as I've explained many times in RFM scoring, is that there's an 80-20 even inside this group right here. This champions group has an 80-20, especially if there's 70, 80,000 in there, right? There's inside of that, there's 700 that give you almost 20% of the sales probably, you know, 1% of that. And there's another 1,400 that give you another 20% of the sales. And the most interesting differential in marketing is not what the article what the article explains, but the most interesting is what could I do with those really, really, really top customers? So, and so, Prashad, I'm giving you an, a tip on how to re-score your dashboard and explain it to your customers that all the interesting stuff you've grouped into one cell. Get my book. Spinning straw into gold, it has a really nice explanation. My, my brother moved it around, so now I don't know where I put it. <laughs> it's right here. It's always right here, and he was looking at it, so now I don't know where it went. But anyway, spinning straw into gold, you look up Miglosh on, on uh, 
Amazon and you'll find it easy or go to migmar.com. Uh, I don't think there's a link at WDMA. Anyway, RFM is a technique for segmenting customers on past purchase behavior, recency, frequency, monetary definitions, good solid definitions, nothing wrong with it. Uh, champions may represent customers with the highest scores in all three categories. But if you don't categorize it properly, then you'll get you'll get all your basically all your alive customers in one spot. Um, other segments may include at risk, etc. Um, so, you know, this is some of the things you can do with it down here. It gets into. Yeah, that's what it is. OK, so you can you can the, the best one right here, which reiterates what I said the other day, is you can you can tailor your spend there you go marketers no that's not it ah here it is number three businesses can allocate re resources more effectively and prioritize efforts to acquire and retain high value customers okay now the problem is is that you're going to treat all of the champions pretty close to equally even though you know the top 10 percent of that is going to be pulling all the weight in that box believe it or not believe it or not I've seen it over and over and over 40 years of scoring data and it always is there right so um, you can do product recommendations especially if you have other variables which is also a key ingredient in my book uh, is explanations of other variables you might you might find churn protection is good you can do that with just recency and say who hasn't bought from us in a couple of years and oftentimes if you combine product preference with with recency you can find old buyers that bought in a category that uh, when that season comes around again they're not worth they're not worth contacting most of the year but they are worth contacting in the season from which they bought or in the product category from which they bought um, also, uh, as I mentioned before, George Mosier with um, National Business Furniture, he would mail 10-year-old buyers now and then who hadn't bought in 10 years, um, especially if they placed a big, big order. And uh, you can also test and see that they're still in business and there's, you know, somebody's still there. But when you go to the older buyers, you always want to, in business to business, you always want to consider testing a title slug rather than a person's name because the person may have a completely different job than they used to. Okay, there's some good tips for you. Have a great day. Like and share the notes. Show notes are available every day. We also have a podcast. And uh, on, on the RFM topic, um, we have a collection of articles. I'm going to ask if, this, if, if uh, this one could be included over there. Uh, a collection of articles on RFM. And it's rfm.migmar.com. And if you, you know, don't pick that up, I'll put a link in the, in the description for that, okay? So, have a great day, and segment your customers. Bye-bye.